secret baby get Wait a minute, wait a minute. This wait, wait. This is a Christian show. It's so much that are going on in the church now to where now it's starting to look like a TEDx church. My God. My God. Who is the CFO of the house? I am. Well, the greens, this is interesting. Um, okay, okay, you're on our side. I, I hate to have to go with the women on this. Because I ride with the fellas, but I don't know if Chris, I don't know if I can coach them. Hey, friends. <laughs> Listen, I am so excited. We are here today with season four premiere. Wow, four seasons. So I'm so excited about this episode. Listen, Linda, listen, Larry's out there. Go ahead and share, share, share. In case you don't know who I am, I am the host and creator of the Spoken Truth Talk Show. I'm your girl, Brandy. And tonight we have a very, very special episode of All in the Family segment. And so in case you don't know about All in the Family, it's a show that I bring on my family and in the future we may bring on other families, but we bring on families to talk about their issues, kind of work through things that happened prior to, but we put a twist on it. We kind of minister to those wounds that we had previously. So whether it's father wounds, mother wounds, you know, even daddy issues, you know, whatever dysfunctions that you had in your family, we kind of talk about it, sort through it. And many people can relate, right? Because there's no perfect family. Okay, so we love to talk about things that's going on and then we kind of bring it back to the word of God and it caused so much healing to so many people and me, my family, if I had to be the forerunner to talk about it and kind of go deep because we're very transparent, then fine, so be it. But I want people to know like, you know, it's okay. Like God got you and there's no perfect family and it's okay if you have dysfunction because Lord knows my family is dysfunctional. They on here too. They gonna get me, but I'm just keeping it real. So go back and watch all of the previous All in the Family episodes. We have part one with my mom, part two, we have my sisters. Then we have my sisters and childhood friends. And now tonight, okay, tonight is so amazing because I have my first cousin. His name is Marshawn Watson and he have an adorable daughter, okay? A 27 year old uh, daughter that, oh my gosh, she have so, so much intellect and knowledge and she wrote a 120 page book, okay? Telling you about her story. And so guys, we pre-recorded this, I'm gonna be honest, but I'm on here live, so I see all my friends. As a matter of fact, real quick, let me just shout out my friends that's in the comments, okay? Cause it's rolling. We have my cousin Coco in the building. We have Juanita, you guys know who Juanita is. We have Lisa Jean, our super friend. We have Natalie, our super friend to the show. So shout out to both of them. We have my sister, Dion. She's in the building, love you, friend. Uh, we have Sharon in the building. That's my other cousin. Y'all seen her on the very first episode of The Spoken Truth. And so you heard more about her within the show. And you've probably seen our intro. So we made sure we include her in the intro because she was like the most popular of that season, okay? And so with her little quotes. And we have my husband, my boo, my man. He's on here. I love you, honey. And also, guys, 
we have Datavia. Datavia is millennial speak host. So you'll see more of them this season. I have my auntie in the building. I have Lee in the building. Hi, Lee. And so listen, we're going to get started. If you out there, go ahead and chat. Go ahead and share. Hi, cousin. Hi, Joy. I have all of my family here because, hey, it is all in the family episode. So listen, go share with your friends. If you have not uh, followed us on um, YouTube, go ahead and like and subscribe and then hit the bell notification so you know when we on. So listen, follow us. Share with your friends right now because this episode is so amazing. And I'm going to go ahead and get into it. So listen. I am going to welcome my little cousin, Toko Watson, with her book. She's going to talk about Gracefully Broken to China. So you got to hear this testimony. And also my cousin, Marshawn Watson, which is her father, and then her lovely mother that we all grew up with, Takesha Watson. So you guys go ahead and check out their story. I'll be watching you in the chats. We pre-recorded this, so I'm going to go ahead and let them in into this um, into this television screen, your television screen, your phone, your iPad, your computer, whatever. I'm going to go ahead and let them in. So thank you guys so much for joining. I cannot wait till y'all hear this. So let me just shush, zip it, and let them on in. Hey, cousin! Hey, girl! I'm, hey. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show. Ooh. Listen, God is so amazing because... He always bring things back full circle. And yeah. so I'm so excited for you to be on the show because you're my second cousin. So you're my first yeah. cousin's daughter. And so I, I hope this, this, <laughs> this interview is very, very special to me because mm -hmm. me and your dad grew up together. We kind of lived mm -hmm. together at grandma's mm -hmm. house. And so mm -hmm. um, our relationship have always been strong. However, Toko, when you were younger, I didn't see much of you, but yeah. um, I kind of followed what was going on with you. And yeah. so this story is going to be so amazing. So listen, y'all, hold on to your seats, okay? Because <laughs> my little baby cousin has written a book, okay? Mm -hmm. And this book is so off the chain. Listen, some of it I was like, oh, Lord, TMI, TMI. I don't want to know that. So I want, did your daddy read this book? Yep. <laughs> Father, I know he was just like. I meant to block out some of his, on his book, mm, that mm, part, but mm, he got mm. full fledged. Nah, he got, he got all things. And so yeah. this book, first of all, oftentimes when I purchase books, it's probably like 20 pages of a story. But you had, I mean, I couldn't even, I'm not even going to lie. I could not read all of it because it's so mm -hmm. much. So I'm still reading. I think I made it to mm -hmm. page 70, but then I mm -hmm. skimmed through the back so I can make sure I get the front story. And so mm -hmm. with that being said, it's like a hundred and, and what, 20 pages. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's really a full book. And the book is called Grace of, Gracefully Broken to China. So we're going to mm -hmm. talk about that today, guys. Listen, if you up in those comments, look in the description, okay? And go mm -hmm. ahead and purchase this book. I have the link below. Guys, purchase the book. It is so amazing. There's so much detail. It's going to help you out, okay? And so <laughs> let's go straight into the interview because I don't even want to delay the hour. Okay. okay, let's go straight into this interview first. Tell the, little, tell the people a little bit about you. Okay, so I'm 27. I'm a mom. Um, I am been married, divorced. I'm, I was a choreographer and dancer. Um, I went to China. That's why the book is called Gracefully Broken to China. Um, 
had an adventure there. That's where I got married and had my son. Um, and yeah, I'm an author. I am a health and life coach. Um, I teach Dan still. And yeah, I wow. just, yeah. You make us feel mm -hmm. old now. You make us feel real that old. Part. Talking about 27, <laughs> that part. Don't even tell nobody you're 27, okay? Nah, but that's that's amazing. <laughs> you experience so much yeah. at this age, okay? And so we're going to minister to the people today. We're going to let it all out. Okay, we're going to go there. We're not going to hold nothing back. Okay, because that's why this show is called The Spoken Truth. Okay, and being the season premiere, I love all in the family segments because we talk about family things. We talk about real issues, real topics, because there's no perfect family. Okay, and so we want to really minister to the people and let them see us. You know what I'm saying? Because so often that families, they have this mask. Okay, yeah. but in our family, we have been through so much, and so I love being transparent. That's why I love yeah. your book, it's very transparent. And so, we mm -hmm. want the people to really like walk with you, okay? okay. And so, these okay. questions that I have is gonna get a little deep, okay? And so, that hold part. on to your seats, Takora, okay? That part, that part, all right? <laughs> so, tell everyone, um, how was it like growing up in St. Louis? So my experience uh, growing up in St. Louis, if you would have seen it looking at from if you had a camera, um, it would have been very different than what I actually experienced. Mm -hmm. I say that to say I grew up in the hood on 13th Street mm -hmm. and Ward, right mm -hmm. around the corner from 14th mm -hmm. Street Mall, right around the corner from uh, oh, yeah. Crown's Candy, which is the hood. Is but the hood. Okay. The hood hood. I lived I over there too on 20th and Warren, so I know what you're yeah. saying. All right. And like... On Mother's Day one year, I'm cleaning. We cleaning the house for my mom, and somebody gets shot right next. We lived in a three-family flat. Like they shoot up the house. Mm. White wine outside. But to be honest, I didn't experience the hood living mm -hmm. because inside the home, my mom created a culture and an environment that didn't mm. allow that didn't allow that to seep in the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we were we were raised Muslim. Um, we kind of experienced. We always knew about like this higher um thinking you know that there was more to life um we experienced different cultures we mm -hmm. went to school kind of out in the county um even though we did have our our friends that live right down the street like mm -hmm. getting chased by dogs up and down the street mm -hmm. you know we still had that life but mm -hmm. we didn't go past the block yeah you know lights was off when the street mm -hmm. lights off we was in the house so my experience growing up in the hood even though i experienced a lot mm -hmm somehow it didn't seep in mm -hmm. if that makes sense that makes um, so, that makes great sense you wasn't yeah. a product of your environment yeah that's what that, it is that, some yeah, of us was but yeah. you wasn't yeah so that it, that's why it's very different i got to experience it firsthand but it still didn't mentally or emotionally shape who i end up becoming it did yeah. in a sense but Mm -hmm. Not really. Not really. So, I love growing up in St. Louis. Yeah. I still love St. Louis. Um, I know a lot of people have their icks and nicks. And yes, I did move away for a little bit. But mm -hmm. I love it still. It's yeah. still like, it's still like home. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you wrote this book, okay, yeah. um, Gracefully Broken to China. Yeah. And mm -hmm. this book actually um, kind of revealed parts of your life. Mm 
And you guys, I have her mom and dad that's waiting in the green room. So they're going to come on on the second half of the show. But you talked about many things in this book. OK, so what really inspired you to write this book and why was it important for you to tell your story? Because you dive deep. OK, you go there. Mm. But in, on the same in, in the same path, you also cultivated the things of God and talked about the struggles, but brought it back to the word of God. And that's what I love. I love transparency, mm. but some people can be transparency and leave the people there. There's no ministering. There's no talk about deliverance. But you yeah. actually talked about your story and then you minister too. Okay. So yeah. tell us what inspired you and why was it important to tell your story? So what inspired me was just the fact that I I I, I was able to leave. Mm. So I inspired me, <laughs> my son. Um mm. so when I left it would it was if I would have looked at it on paper and somebody would have wrote out, you know, the circumstances in which I had to leave, I shouldn't have made it. So I shouldn't have been here. My son shouldn't have been here. Me and my son were on the run for two weeks, um, skipping house to house because my ex-husband was connected, was powerful. He had friends from immigration watching us. He had friends that are in the army that were watching the cameras from each house that we were moving from. He thought I would come back. So I was like three days away actually from, you know, I had moved three, three spaces. So he was late. Mm -hmm. Um, so I shouldn't have been here. So yeah. I knew once I made it touchdown in New York, cause that's where we landed first, um, that I was like, and I still wasn't totally like, okay, but I'm like, I have to tell this story because I should not have been here. There's only one reason why I'm here. And it's because I have to tell this story because mm -hmm. the stories that I heard once I came back is of women that didn't make it. So that I was part. like, I shouldn't have been here. So if I'm here, God, I, and somebody asked me that right when I came back, they were like, why do you think God put you through that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't necessarily think he put me through it. I just believe that mm -hmm. I was, if I was going to go through it, I was the perfect one because he knew mm -hmm. that I would come out on the other end. Boom. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and I was like, and I, that, I held that cross. I held yeah. that like, come okay. On. I, I have to. I have to tell it because yeah. somebody is going to need this. And if mm -hmm. I had if I did go through that and took myself through that, mm. the enemy not going to get that one. Come on. Come on. So, and so, so like you said, it was many people that went through this and didn't yeah. make it out. I, I can tell you now I had two friends that was yeah. in uh, abusive relationship, uh, psychopathic people that were disturbed already um yeah. and so um they brought that mess into the relationships and the turnout was they you know they unfortunately passed away and so yeah. your story really gripped me i shed a couple of tears not knowing the full mm -hmm. story and so let's talk about that you yeah. ended up in the dance in industry and entertainment and yeah. that was one of my uh cross i you know one of my path that I cross um, end up getting out at a very good time in of my life. And yeah. so um, you ended up in China. Now you was 19 years old, right? Mm -hmm. When you mm -hmm. went to China and with that, you may have thought that you met your knight in shining armor. You may have thought you met the man <laughs> of your dreams. And let mm -hmm. me tell you something. I thought I met a lot of knight in shining armors. <laughs> 
And they ended up, baby, they ended up being an armor, all right? An armor to my head. So, (laughs) that part. And so, this turned out to be one of the most difficult, tragic times of your life. Meeting this guy in China, you went there on a mission to do what you definitely was called to do were dance. A lot of people just doing dance, but honey, you got it. Okay, and now teaching it. So you 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 had to cross this path. But I believe a lot of people say, like you said, it was the devil, it was the devil. Sometimes our own decisions. It ain't always the devil. We put ourselves in situations. It ain't the enemy all the time because you can say yes, you can say no. Okay. And so in this situation, you thought you met your your knight in shining armor. And Mm -hmm. tell us um, this story. Tell us a little bit about what happened. You know, if you can sum this up, tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about what happened. Um, so, um, to be honest, he wasn't, I think he was, um, he wasn't my knight in shiny armor, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. He was a story Mm -hmm. and, um, mm, so I didn't pay attention. Let me explain this. I did it. He owned clubs and he owned restaurants there. And one, he had, I was the new girl in town, um, the new team. So it's very small. It's kind of like St. Louis, big, but very small. So everybody kind of knows everybody if you end up in the nightlife. And we would perform at clubs and stuff like that. And so um, he had already seen me before I even paid him any attention Mm -hmm. because it was already a talk of kind of like a new team coming in. There's an American team that's coming in um, and that I was just kind of on our team uh, from people. And then everybody parties together. The rich party, like you wouldn't know who is who in in, in the environments. Um, so I did, I ignored him for a nice little minute. Like, cause I was just, I've never been that type of person. He was flashy, he had, the, you know, he had drive around in a Ferrari. And, like I, that just wasn't me. But one day sitting and talking with him, you know, you don't judge a book by his cover. Um, I seen that there was more to him, that he had a story, that he was, you know, really, he had came into a lifestyle that he didn't really want. And that just kind of, of course, that always gets mm-hmm. you when you, mm-hmm. that always how they get you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part, I fell, I fell for the heart posture of him. And he just still had demons that I didn't, I didn't quite know or understand and couldn't even have the capacity at that time to really understand what was going on. I mean, on. you were 19 at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what happened. And then in that, his persistency just kind of kept, oh, yeah. and that's where, it, and then I look back and I'm like, dang, we lit together. When did this happen? <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. It was just the persistency. Mm-hmm. And when I look back at it, I was like, dang, like we hear it. Like, what's going on? And then it was just, that's kind of how it, it really actually kind of so, happened. So how long before you knew him? So now, let me just say this. He showed you that life, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. at this point, you was you were sheltered from the world, but you knew the world, right? And yeah. so 
you came into this situation really probably naive, right? You yeah. meet this guy, you real went on green. a mission. Yeah, real green. Real and green. you met this guy, he got he got it all, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, just like commercials, they're going to will you in some way, somehow. Yeah. They're going to deal with a person's yeah. emotions, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. he dealt with that emotion. He told you yeah. his story, and then he was intriguing. And yeah. from what I read, he had like three or four languages, right? Uh, he speaks, oh, yeah, he speaks about 10 languages. Wow. So, yeah. so yeah. this guy you're looking at like, oh, he's smart, he's intelligent, he have money, mm -hmm. he living that life. And so now it went from meeting him, ignoring him, liking him, moving in with him. And now let's go to how the day it really happened, the abuse. Okay. Yeah. How long before you actually knew him that now you was actually being abused um i say it was a good three months mm. so it wasn't like it wasn't long long it mm. happened within like the first three months that first day that it happened what was going through your head and what happened so what was going through my head was still a disbelief mm. um i don't think that i I don't think I actually grasped what I had been through until I was mm. out of what I had been through. Mm. And I think that's a dangerous space sometimes to be. Um, and that's what it was. Like, I was like, because I talk about in my book as well that my trigger wasn't the abuse. Mm. My trigger and my points are words. So the abuse healed. Like, I, I, I knew it was bad and stuff like that. But the thing that really hits home for me are words mm. so not to i would say like he was abusive but the worst thing he probably ever called me was toko my real name's takora he would call me toko other than that i never got disrespected or called out my name and in my head since that wasn't yet he hadn't yet hit that point i was okay because the mm. word the, the the abuse the scars healed um stuff like that i would eventually be okay because mm. it wasn't that point for me. Words hit her home for me because they replay in my head mm -hmm. because I'm an overthinker. Mm -hmm. So I had the that part I had to understand. And even in my book, um, even in my journey, I start recording myself because mm. I knew the, the, the um, scars would heal and I would forget because it, like I said, it wasn't my point mm. of the tip over. So I started recording myself in each stage to remind myself, like, okay, you do have to leave. You do mm. have to. So, so you start writing in a journal and you start yeah. re recording what was going on. So yeah. you had a journal, you record yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So once you read that, because like you said, the scar is healing. That's really good. We're going to stick a, yeah. a, a nickel in the meter on that. And we're going to go back to that. And so you yeah. kept this journal and you start yeah. writing out what will happen, your thoughts, uh, how yeah. you felt when it happened. And yeah. so at this point, you literally was being abused physically. But those yeah. those scars, I mean, that would heal. Mentally, mm -hmm. you was battling something, right? Because in the beginning, he wasn't calling you out your name and stuff. Did he start calling you out your name along with the abuse? No. No. He would just literally just hit you. Yeah. So tell us about the first day that he hit you. What was going on? So we went, I went on my first concert to Justin Bieber. Um, and he got me and my friends tickets to go to a concert. Um, 
because we stayed right next to the stadium and stuff like that. So we went on the concert and we had a friend that's that he had stayed with us. And that friend, he said, came and checked up on us. So while I'm at the concert, he's texting me, telling some where'd you go last night? And I'm just thinking it's crazy. It's just, I'm just like, I don't know what he talking about. So when we come back that night um, and I go get my stuff so we can go perform because we had a performance that night. Um, he's, he wants to talk to me and he's talking about this. And in my head, he's like, where'd you go in my head at the first sign? It was like, Oh, he's being protective. He was wondering where I was at last night. I'm literally like in my head. I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know? Mm. And so he was like, well, let's go check the cameras. And I'm like, let's go check the cameras. As we walk into the cameras, I'm like, this sounds crazy. And it comes out my mouth. As soon as it comes out my mouth, bye. And I'm just like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Did this just hit me? Mm. Again. So we're now I'm running. Like, I have to run back to the house um, to get my phone because my phone was upstairs. And so I'm like, I'm going to get my phone and I'm going to leave. So that whole run and chase, because now he's chasing me. And I hurry up and get the phone. I Because I, I, go, I go up the, um, the elevator. He goes up the steps. So I didn't get, I didn't got back down before he didn't got down and back. And mm. I jump in the taxi because my friend had waited for me while this happened. This is like in the, I wouldn't even say 15 minutes, mm. like just so quick. And I get in the taxi and I realize and I'm like, he hit me. Like mm. he, he hit me. And my friend is like, who hit you? Who hit you? And I'm like, he hit me. Like he just hit me. And so we go to the the I go to work and I don't talk to him. I don't text him. I don't like I'm just like, oh, this is too crazy. And I left so many times. Mm. Like not even times I can count. Mm. Why did you go back? Um that same thing, that same thing I had to realize that like even when I left the last this last time, the family the last house that I stayed at, the man, he was a really nice um one of the Asian ladies that helped me. Um, she owned a club there as well. She had sent me out of the out of the town, so I was like an hour, two hours away, to this man that had you know uh, an estate that he allowed us to stay in. And he was like, "I'll help you get back on your feet." And I told him, he was like, I, "Whatever you need, I, I'll do it because I hear your story. I want to help, and you know I have artists that you can do." And I was like, "No, I have to actually leave because I can't trust myself." to go not go back because once it heals you go through this process in the brain and the brain will replay mm. and make sure it'll ask you like god will ask you are you sure the mm. enemy will get, get tempted in the wilderness because my mm. wilderness was going to come and he was going to ask me are you sure and i was like i can't trust myself to not go back because that's going to happen that's what the brain wants to do it's going to mm. go through familiar if a song comes on mm. you're going to miss them you're going to remember the good times that is a process in the mm. brain that's going to happen. And you have to ask yourself and you have to mm. put in the right systems at that place. And that's what I had to do. So I was like, I can't just be in the same country because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So I went back because I didn't understand how it really works. That, yes, mm. you're going to miss him. You can't go back. Mm. Yes, you're going to. He's going to say it's sweet. Nothing. You can't go back. So I couldn't trust myself because there's a part of me that w that would have went back. Wow. So, yeah. wow, this is really good. Um, mm. <laughs> the day you left, 
Now, yeah. at this point, you was with him for how long before you left? Um, three years. Three years. Three years. And at this time, you had a child. How old was yeah. your child? I, he was eight months when I left. Wow. And you have a beautiful son. And yeah. you, he was... Right. And he was mm -hmm. you, you, he was eight months and three years into the relationship, um, you actually left. And so, um, your book page 32 of the book, if you guys just joining, um, my little cousin, she have a book called gracefully broken to China. You can get more information and description and go order it from Amazon. And it's a full book It's a hundred and some pages, quiver to quiver. Um, it's full and it's loaded. And so very transparent book. And so in here you quoted, um, nothing happened, but a voice that said that it was time. Okay. And you also said that he left for the night, didn't say goodbye, no argument, no fuse and had been cool for days. I went and started packing and waited for his cousin to leave on errands for him. And I called a cab, placed our bags on my son's stroller my hope strapped to my chest and then left and never looked back. Let's talk about this day because I know there was a buildup. Okay. Yeah. To this point. And, yeah. um, in here you said how you had a plan. Okay. And you, it even was a part of you like, Whoa, I'm going to do this. I yeah. I'm leaving. Like I'm about to do this. Prior to mm -hmm. that, like you said, your emotions got involved and then you start thinking about the good and, you know, those those wounds has well, those scars. I shouldn't say wounds. Mm -hmm. Those scars have healed. And so you begin to think about the good and not what actually happened, which was a lot of bad. OK. Yeah. And so you would actually go backwards and songs. Let mm -hmm. me talk about this. Let me let me stop right there. Songs. I tell people all the time, watch what you listen to. OK, yeah. because there is power in music. I myself don't listen to a lot of different type of music because yeah. a lot of music can affect your emotions and you begin yeah. to replay things that happened then. There's music coming all different types of languages to your mm. body and your soul mm. that can pull you backwards. And so I'm very yeah. careful with music. And so mm -hmm. like you said, it'd be songs that you have played that, that remind you of him and the good, you know, and you begin, it'll trigger something and that mm -hmm. emotion would drive you back to him. And so yeah. at this point though, there was no, none of that music, none of that. You was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm about to do this. You had a plan. Okay. The St. Louis came out in you because St. Louis yep. is about survival. Okay. Yep, and so <laughs> you was in survival mode. And so yep. the day you left, tell us about that. Tell our friends of the show about that and how you got out. So the day I left, um, leading up to it, I had start planning. Um, it took, I start, my planning took a, a course of eight months. I mean, it's crazy that I left from, it started when I had after, cause we got married a month before I had my son. And when I had my son and I saw that he was in the crossfire as well, I was like, okay that that was that was a tipping point for me as well since mm -hmm. i didn't have the words um god is so good um when he would leave uh for days at a time i start getting silent and i start honoring my the silent and praying and meditating at that time i knew um 
I knew little of a relationship with God and what that really looked like. Because, mm-hmm. so like I said, I was born kind of Muslim. I was born with Muslim practices. I walked into a church at twelve and got baptized, not really mm. knowing, um, but God knew. Um, and then my journey from Scientology to other, you know, Buddhism mm-hmm. religions. I've had a melting pot of experiences. Mm. The fact is that day, I said. I knew something was happening because I couldn't get in contact with my family. And usually it was, they're 12 hours behind us. So I'm like, this is a time that I could usually get in contact with my mom. Nobody was answering my dad. Nobody was answering my sister and my auntie. Nobody was answering for me to say, I had told them so many times I'm leaving. Mm. But for me to say it, I was like, nobody was there. And I was like, Mm. okay. In my head, not that this is what happened, is that, they won't believe me. They won't believe me if I say I'm actually leaving. Mm. So I sat in the room and I was quiet and something said it's time. And I'm like, it was a peace. It was a peaceful, it's time. So I just start packing. I didn't feel, I didn't feel angry. I didn't feel sad. I didn't, I literally, if I, if I could explain the emotion, it was just peace. It was just peace. It was nothing um, and I told, um, and I tried to call somebody and say something, but it was nothing. It was as if God was telling me, this has to come from you. You have to, uh, you have to know what it's like to hear my voice. Hmm. So if I, if you do, if they do answer, you're going to get their voice. Hmm. If you do tell somebody you're going to, you're not going to understand that this is me because what's going to go down and how this is going to happen, you can only hear me. Mm-hmm. So I think that was my first inkling of really hearing God's voice. So mm. I, I packed a bag and usually I know if he's going to be out for a minute, he's going to ask his cousin to come run some errands. We had one of his family members living with us at the time, mm-hmm. which is like his watchdog and errand dog. Mm. So he had him kind of watching me, mm. making sure I wasn't leaving or doing anything Uh yeah so Mm. when he left it was like five it was like three o'clock in the morning and I was like okay I called a taxi I packed I had already packed our bags Mm. quietly I was just going I just grabbed all of his stuff for real I didn't really I grabbed me like a couple of outfits and I'm like I'm just gonna be able to book a flight and be gone you know um I couldn't find our passports because he would always take our passports but by the grace of God, three days before my son's passport and visa had came mm. in the mail. So I hid it. Um, and he, for some reason, didn't ask for it. He didn't know it had came. I seen it in the mail. He had been there. Um, but he always took my passport um, just in case I always tried to leave. So I had hid it. His social security card had came. I hid it. And I put that in the bag. And... I was like, okay. I called the taxi. I put our stuff in the taxi. And I was like, okay, I'm not going back. Five minutes after getting out of the gate, like two minutes after getting out of the gate, he texted. But it was like a normal text. It was like, you guys are fine. It's usually like his guilt trip text he would do. Like, I'll send you money. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Did any, so nothing happened prior to the day that you was going to leave. He did not know abuse was going on or none of that. He just thought it was fine. So when you got that text, you knew he didn't know nothing was up. 
Okay. Nothing Go was ahead. Up. He didn't know. So he was just like, I'm going to send you some money on WeChat, which you can send money. It's kind of like um, um, Cash App. Mm-hmm. Um, Cash App in, in China. So he sent some money um, just to force to get something to eat for that day. So I'm like, I knew. Okay. He said to be gone for a couple of days. He didn't know. My dad ended up texting me. And um, I ended up getting in contact with my dad. I did talk to my dad and told him that I had left and he was making sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. And and um, then I got a text and a call from him and his cousin. So I was guessing, and that was not even 10 minutes, his cousin had made it back to the house. So if I would have wow. left or not listened to that voice when it said it, I would have been... That was totally the Lord. That was the the Lord. Lord, Okay. It was not even 10 minutes. Like I had not even made it totally out of like the complex. And I'm like, I just missed him. Did he send you the money though? Yeah. He had sent the money, but then I guess he called me, his cousin called first and then he called and I didn't answer. I, I, and I didn't answer the call. So I'm like, okay, they know he texted me. And that was the last thing he's like, just think about, what you're doing and if it's going to end the way you want it to end. Mm. And after that, I delete, I blocked them both. Mm. And I went to the embassy because I had planned months before that. I would say we going somewhere like we went to the aquarium and I took my son. He let me take the son to the aquarium, but I went to the embassy instead. And I had been contacting with the embassy, letting them know what I was going through that if that, and they had been sending information through my mom. And then whenever I would talk to her, mm. they would give me, she would give me the information mm. because I started documenting the abuse. Because mm. um, they said that I would need that for a divorce. But I don't know. I was just doc- documenting the stuff, whatever I could get hold of. Mm. Because when he would be abusive, he would take the phones and computers, anything, any way for me to communicate with anybody mm. until I healed. Wow. So, but this time he did it and he, I had scars on my back and my neck and he hadn't seen it yet and I would hide it. So he didn't see it. So I, so when he gave me the stuff back, I still had the scars Mm. that I sent to my mom and sent to them. Wow. Yeah. So, wow, wow, wow. So (coughs) I, I I want to talk about so much, but I'm not because we're going to bring your mom and dad in shortly. Um, in just in a few minutes, um, you guys got to go get the book. She went yeah. through <laughs> two weeks of torture trying yeah. to get home. Like she yeah. said in the beginning, he knew people. He was very connected. So even people with the embassy, he knew so many people, officers, they would actually have cameras, you know, cause in China there's cameras everywhere. It's not like United States. Okay. So even when they had the pandemic shutdown, they was able to trace off camera so it's totally totally connected in china and so it was very difficult for her to even leave and so it took her two weeks traveling with an eight month old just to leave china to get over to the united states and so it's a lot in that but we're gonna do a cliffhanger and leave you hanging (laughs) so you can go ahead and get the book because it was so it was so juicy but so god and so i want you guys to just get this book i'm telling you it's it's for real for real it's 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 serious and so i want to ask you this um before i bring in mom and dad they're about to come in um once the the day that you actually left you never 
came back without telling too much. Did you ever talk to him again or do you have any type of communication with him now? Um, yeah, I did talk to him again. Um, when I came back within like um, three months, I had been back home. I had started over everything and no, it was like a six months. My son, um, we passed a picture because I was going through old pictures to out of my iCloud to delete them all. And I thought my son said, dad, dad, let the enemy play, you know? Mm. And so I reached out and, um, I talked to him for maybe like a day or two. Um, he kind of asked his questions and he was still just the same. Um, and then I seen again, the manipulation mm. or kind of like, and I, and I had to jump back into it. And I was like, okay, I know this is going to happen. Mm. Okay. This is a part of it. Like even my son can be used the enemy. I mean, or what I think, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. is supposed to happen. Yeah. And we yeah. playing, like I took my son, like in my head, it was, I took my son away from his father. Like I'm mm. back, like everything the enemy will use. Um, just to ask you, are you sure? Um, and so then, so I stopped and then, um, two years ago, people reached three years ago, people reached out to me and was like, did you hear that he from China? They asked, they told me, did I hear that he had went to jail? Mm. He, there was a case and he drugged and mm. her dad was a French ambassador. So mm. they came and seized all of his stuff. Um, and mm. then he got out this January, this past mm. January, 2021. Wow. And I had, re he, his, his family reached out to me and I wanted to see, I was just curious. I'm like, maybe God just did something miraculous and mm. maybe he's a different person. And cause one day I was, so I was like, I had to see. And I talked to him and I could just see it in his eyes. I used to always be able to see his eyes. I don't it know. tells it all. Yeah, it tells it all. That's and I yeah. could just see and I said, I can't. I said, this is. Yeah, mm. I was like, yep, he's still the same. Wow. And that was the last last January. When last January. Mm -hmm. Wow. So listen, this y'all listen, we don't we're going to allow Takora to really minister to people. <laughs> that was one and the same people that went through what she went through. We're definitely going to get to that on the second half. Um, but I want to go all the way back and yeah. really tell her story. And so that you can get a glimpse of, you know, her family, what she experienced and also hear her mom and dad. And so we're going to go ahead and let them in. Okay. So are you ready to let them in? Yeah. Are you a little shy? Are you a little shy? Yeah. Girl? Cause you look like, Oh, look. And so, <laughs> oh snaps. And so we're going to go ahead and let her mom and dad in. Hey, cousins. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Listen, what's happening? What's happening? Guys, I know y'all was back there in the green room. So guys, let me just personally introduce my cousin, Marshawn Watson. You know, this is my first cousin on my mom's side. So his mom and my mom are sisters. And so we grew up in the same houses. Okay. You see, I put an S at the end of that. <laughs> Cause we live with, I sometimes live with them. They, we live with our grandmother. We live with our cousin houses. You know, we lived all over the place, but honestly, even though we had a crazy upbringing, a crazy childhood, I can say he made it fun. Okay. 
because he was just he, he just Marshawn, y'all what can i say and so actually i had to repent because me and him used to get into it over silly stuff and now i have a son that i'd be like oh lord he has some of the same characteristics as you and so and they pretty much love the same thing which is basketball and so mm -hmm. we was very close. We was like sisters and brothers living in the same home. And so also Marshawn um, had a baby at 16 years old. And so there you have Takesha Hardaway. They both were 16. They were babies. And she'd been around our family for such a long time. So if they have a 27-year-old daughter, just imagine how long she'd been around our family. Living, we grew up at that, well, I shouldn't say we grew up, but we all grew up on the south side. But also we was around the same area. And so we knew her and her family. And so Takesha, I just want to introduce her sweet, her sweet, sweet spirit. And so, oh. you, yeah, she's so sweet. Always been sweet. Always been known by her smile and just her, her ray of sunshine. OK, and she you guys raised such a beautiful daughter. And so you guys. Wow. You was in that green room. What was you thinking when you was hearing this story actually coming out of her mouth, even though you probably heard it now. But to hear her on the interview telling her story, starting with you, Takesha. Wow. You know, it, it is still heartbreaking. It's still heart wrenching um, mm -hmm. to hear that because that's my baby, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I hear her tell a story, though, it still makes me proud because she she has healed mm -hmm. from it. You know, she mm -hmm. can still tell a story without cracking and crying and bawling, yes. you oh know. So um, the strength that she displays is just amazing to me, mm -hmm. you know, with all that she's been through. Yeah. So but I still I still kind of drop a tear, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. Still, you know, yeah, and it's, Marsh hard. it's hard. And Marshawn, with you being daddy, OK. How did you feel hearing her tell this story? Have you heard it outside of the book? Uh, bits and pieces of it, you know, a little bit here and there, but not the whole story. So just hearing it and hearing the tone of what she went through, it's, it's rough as a father, mm. where I couldn't do anything, you know what I'm saying, could protect her. So yeah. it's rough, it's still tough, you know, to this day since the first time I heard it, just hearing it again, it, replays emotions and everything so yeah it's tough yeah that's pretty tough because i know you guys as parents is tough i mean me reading it as her second cousin you know it, i was just like oh wait you know and listen i love the lord okay he and save me won't he do it but yes, he will. <laughs> won't he do it but my yes, emotions was like wait a minute the hood came out of me reading some of that you know and so i can only imagine how you guys were feeling and so i'm glad you guys are on the show so we can kind of talk a little bit about your story as well because her story is your story you birthed this beautiful young lady and so marshawn and keisha um you had toko at the age of 16 years old what were you thinking okay keisha when you found out you were pregnant oh jesus <laughs> so <laughs> good lord because y'all um, was just being fast y'all both was being yeah. fast okay baby not me. I, look, don't, and he gonna don't wait, wait, he gonna say don't not start. me. Did you just hear that? Start. It takes yeah. two. It takes two. But go Thank ahead. You. Go ahead, Keisha. But the, the thing that went through my head when I first realized that I was 
going to have this baby, okay? Because it was, it was times, of course, going through those trimesters that I was like, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What's going to happen? Um, I'm thinking about my, my life as far as what I know as far as school going, all of that good stuff, expectations that was put on me, being uh, a smart child, being, you know, whatever. Um, but the thing that I've most realized and uh, that I remember most is that, no, it's time to grow up. Mm. You're a full woman now. And uh, what's going to save you is your education. And what's going to save her is your education. And so, um, yeah, it was immediately a 360 from being a teenager to being a woman. Mm. That's what it was for me. Wow. So, yeah. Marshawn, did you feel like you were trapped? Now, this question, look at, look at, look at the girl. She's like, mm, I can't wait to hear this. Um, yeah. This question come by because, as you know, the, you know, you guys were teens. And the first thing, of course, wait a minute, she's trapping him, you know. Mm. Um, and we want the true emotion, right? Did you right. feel like you were being trapped? Uh, to be honest, uh, when I first heard everything, I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say I thought it was because we weren't even in a relationship at the time. Mm -hmm. I was right. in a whole other relationship at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's why I thought, okay, what? No, I really what? We're not even together. So mm -hmm. on that part of it, yes. Mm. And then plus, you know, I was playing ball. And, and you was really good ball stuff. player too. You was. You was. So right. He was hitting them. He was hitting them. <laughs> and so um, you felt like you were being trapped. Keisha, I'm, I'm pretty sure things was going through your head. Like, oh my gosh, did you ever yeah, think? I wasn't, uh -huh, go I ahead. Wasn't even studying, I wasn't even studying him. You know what I mean? This was all on me. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't no thing of like I had to trap him or anything. I wasn't even studying him. You wasn't like, oh. studying him. Uh huh. Yeah, no. Right. No, so you wasn't even studying the little tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Wouldn't even, wouldn't even a factor. Wouldn't even a factor. Wouldn't even a factor. First of all, y'all, they have this a crazy, funny relationship. Now. She said it's the they spoken so truth. Funny. Yeah, they the have a funny relationship. Let's they do. The truth. <laughs> so, so let me say this. So now you guys have a have a child. To Keisha, uh, Keisha, was it pressure to abort the child? What was your mom saying? What was people saying? What was friends saying? Sure. Uh, my mom was very supportive. She was like, you know, you're going to have this child regardless of your uh, of the baby daddy, you know, and we're going we're going to help you take care of it. Um, I was putting more pressure on myself to abort her or try to mm -hmm. um, somehow uh, abort this mission, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was definitely trying to abort the mission, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. um, there there mm -hmm. again. Uh, as time passed, like there, there was no getting out of this. Um, mm -hmm. There was no running away from it. Yeah. It was time right. to uh, be accountable for my for my mistakes or or what Your I've actions, done. My yeah. actions, yeah, my actions. And 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 so yeah, from my friends though, they were they were shocked. Mm -hmm. My friends were shocked. Like what? And the heck were you being? What you doing? You know, yeah. you're supposed to be this. You're supposed to do that. You know. Um, I have, I'm very close with my dad's side of the family. So they were really like disappointed. Mm. They were disappointed. Uh, I was supposed to be this lawyer or this engineer, you know, so many mm. high expectations on that side. But um, 
other than that, the 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 emotional trauma that I went through was just more like you have to face it. And now you got a baby to raise. Wow. So. Yeah. So Marshawn and Keisha, I want you to answer this question. Marshawn, you actually finished high school and you went off to college. What what was going on in your head having a baby back home because you went off to college? Uh, what were some of your regrets and what was some of your 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 promises during this time? I mean, at that time, you know, getting ready to go to school, I actually had a conversation with Keisha about uh, this decision me going off to school, her chances, what she got going on before I made that decision. Plus, you know, it was more of my upbringing as well. Mm -hmm. You know, my father and I being there. So, you know, it was more the sense of, I didn't get that. So, you know, I didn't have that structure as a father figure. So, you know, I went on and did my thing. You know, I ran from, you know, I ain't gonna say ran. I didn't want to accept those responsibilities at that time because I was trying to play ball trying to get out the hood, trying to be the first one to go to school, college, you know, a whole street on my black, my back pushing me to go to school, play ball, all that. So, you know, it was, it was tough, but it wasn't tough at the time to make that decision. Because, mm. you know, I was trying to run from those responsibilities, but still, you know, take care of my life, do my life, do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. So it really didn't hit me until my sophomore year in college mm. that you know i had a daughter home. so you know mm -hmm. so i thought my career was over with from a foot injury and i came back home and you know i started thinking actually got time to sit down and start thinking because i was at home in bed foot thought my career was over with you know so and that's when it hit, really hit me mm. my sophomore year that i had a daughter and i needed to you know change that cycle of the cycle that I went through. Yeah, because you went through, you had father wounds, and of course, even though your mother was in your life, we experienced so much trauma with with our parents, you know, because um, this were, guys, this was the 80s, then the early 90s, so you got to look at it. It was the crack cocaine uh, pen, uh, epidemic, and then we had um, grandparents raising children, and then they were 16 years old, so of course they needed help, you know, from family. So all these things was going through his head until he actually sat down and was like, wow, you know, I don't want to make the same mistake because um i always knew that you you had an issue with not having a father and so you you went through a lot with that and then now uh keisha you have this guy he went off to college you're trying to uh raise a daughter um what can you say what were some of the things that were even going through your head as far as the pressure did you finish school you know, and then what were some of the mistakes that you can see during this time? And what were some of the uh, promises that were made during this time? Because you actually finished high school as well. Yeah, and so tell I, us a little bit about what you you went through. Well, what I went through is that um, 16 happened to Cora. Of course, there was no option for me but to finish school. Um, and my mom made sure that I, I had all the support that I needed to finish school, whether she had to stay at home with Takora, watch her, whatever. Um, but by the time my senior year, I was pregnant with my second child. Not not of uh, Demetrius, uh, Marchand's, but my second child. So yeah. um, 
what was going on through my head and the trauma and things that I was going through. And I, I'm, a, I'm not going to say trauma anymore. I'm going to use it as an experience mm. um, because um, I was an adult. I was an adult way before I even hit 16. Um, mm. Growing up in a household where my mom was a gambler and my dad lived in Philadelphia. Um, and he, again, during the crack pandemic and all of that, that's what made me come to St. Louis because I was living in Philadelphia uh, for a minute and uh, had to come home because of, of um, family, uh, dysfunctional family yeah. in Philadelphia. Um, and so what was going on is that I, I definitely had to finish school. I did. Um, I had college courses that I was going through. I actually had a scholarship before I even finished school. But because I got mm. pregnant with my second child, I was unable to um, accept that scholarship um, mm. to Rolla. And so um, it was just more or less like you just got to do it. Whatever mm. whatever it is that I had to do, um, I did that. And I tried, to, I tried my best to keep a job as well as go to school and raise my daughter and her sister when she came along. And so there was no stopping um, mm. that you just can't stop that was all that was going through my head no promises was made um mm -hmm. just just the fact that um and and i'm gonna go back to what uh, marshawn said we had a conversation before he went off to school like hey you know do you think i should stay home and help you mm -hmm. raise her or should i go on off to school and we both decided that it was just best for him to go on off to school mm -hmm. and not stay home so that was no issue there we've always had like an open relationship or a conversation where we can where we can talk about certain things when it came to her you know mm -hmm. what i mean um and what what would be best for her and what would be yeah. best for us in our lives you know mm -hmm. and we made that decision together like look somebody's got to do it somebody's yeah. got to go you know um shoot if i can't do it which I, which I, I i wasn't able to do it <laughs> It was best for him to do it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's got to make a difference. Somebody's got to mm -hmm. break the chain. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, break the chain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, 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 and I live with that. And I, and, I, and I stand by that. And I was just, I was, I'm, I'm still happy that we made that decision. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and it was no problem. So when he was able to co-parent co with me, he did. You know, mm -hmm. whether he was ready to accept the responsibility or not, whenever he came around, it was still no problem. No problem. So, so I, I'm just gonna throw in a free question because you guys are, <laughs> you guys, first of all, y'all, they just, they just have this, this, this um, cute no relationship. Problem. You know, like they always have been transparent, open with each other. They really like friends. You know, really yeah. could have been really best, 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 best friends. Have you? Yeah. Did you guys ever get back together afterwards, though? Because I think the in, yeah. inquiring minds want to know. Did, did you guys ever get back together? Anymore? Yeah, yeah. We tried, we tried. Oh. We, we talked, you know, we conversated a little That's bit. Hell, you know. Oh, you know. okay. It's, I just, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, Takora. But however, mm -hmm. we gonna we gonna move right along. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, she tried. She tried. I love you. She tried. Uh, Takora, she all for her dad right now. Okay. <laughs> Um, Toko wrote about daddy issues, which is common in the black communities, you know, uh, father issues. Um, it, you know, it's common because a lot of us wasn't raised with our fathers or had half and half, you know, um, but I love your relationship now because she wrote about 
uh, how, you know, your dad, you know, when she with her dad now, if he, you, if she didn't talk to you a few days, you'd be like, so you acting funny? Cause we do that. <laughs> we do that in St. Louis. If we ain't talking to somebody, so you acting funny. So why, yeah. why you ain't called? You acting funny. That's the first thing we say. Somebody could be almost dying and we like, you acting funny. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so how did you feel about her openness to this subject of daddy wounds? And if you can change anything back then, what would you change as a father? I mean, I'm glad I got the uh, preparation of that, knowing that it was in there, because I did that <laughs> first, you know, so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But with the daddy issues, you know, I kind of knew what I wasn't doing, so it wasn't no shock what I was doing. You know, I kind of knew the issues she was going through, just not to the extent of it, because I know the times I went through. I know I was just buying her shoes, you know what I'm saying, not giving that that love that she needed, even when she came to stay with me. You know, I was just trying to do what I thought what I was supposed to do. Mm. Because, and I say that because I didn't get that, that love. If I couldn't get the love, how can I give her that same love I never got as a child? So I just thought I did what I had to do, you know, just be there financial, give anything she wanted, you know. So because, I mean, I got spoiled, me being the only child, but I never got spoiled as a child. That makes sense. So, you know, hearing daddy issues, you know, as a father, as a man, you think, you know, negative. I didn't think negative at the time because the things that I didn't do made her strong, made her down the line to make decisions and be able to handle stuff that comes that way because that's what I got. You know, that's how I'm got that thick skin, being able to speak my mind, being able to be vulnerable mm. now where she's at now, I feel she's very vulnerable, mm. you know, to me as a child, keeping everything to myself and knowing she went through the same thing, you know, I seem like it wasn't bad what I did, but it wasn't good, mm -hmm. you know, because it made her who she is, be able to handle things like that, be able to get through situations and stay strong. So when I heard daddy issues, I didn't look at it as a negative way. You know, I looked at it, you know, we had, that was how we had communicated in sort of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, with me and her, her relationship early in, the, in those years, you know. I mean, I had my moments where, you know, I felt bad. You know, I wasn't doing this, I should have been doing that. After I noticed we had to talk about it, then it hit me. But me thinking right off the bat, no, I don't think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Or what I or what what I was taught to do, so I passed that along. That's what I knew, you know, all I knew at the time. So, daddy issues. When I look at it now, you know, I smile now because you know who she is now. Mm. So, what would you change as a father? If you look back, what would you change? Uh, I would change me being more vulnerable mm. because I never. I never was that emotional father. Mm -hmm. I was always the drill sergeant, you know what I'm saying? So if I would open up more to her then, mm -hmm. all that would, you know, the stuff that she went through. So if anything, I would change that, me being more mm -hmm. emotional. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. because she tell me all the time, you know, like, oh, I'm that drill sergeant. You know, I'm the drill sergeant. You know? Like your mama? Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I never, I never, I never, I never whooped the Sequoia. I think one time, I could just give it that look. That's all I need to be crying. Start crying. <laughs> so, you know, he just look at me. No, I'm I, sorry. My voice, the tone of <laughs> So if I could have wrote that and balanced that out with the emotional, I think you know, I, I would say I would change that one. Yeah, and you know that's wow. Cause I see growth in you, cousin. I just want Me to tell too. you that because wow, you know one thing about it, we we did not have an emotional family, and so I can see where he got that from as well. And then you have to look at it; he didn't have his father, and so and, and most men in St. Louis they have this this shield, you know, this this coat of protection to not be vulnerable and then you 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 kind of mold that into the the part of being in a family where we wasn't lovey-dovey you know we didn't hug we didn't kiss we didn't say i love you 50 million times which i think that's one of the reasons why we was very like shielded and protected our heart was just and marshawn he was even worse okay he just wasn't an emotional kid and he irked your nerves but however <laughs> i see i see that growth in you cousin that I, I'm loving, I, I'm loving this Marshawn, you know, mm -hmm. because I feel like God is working on you. And it's a scripture, what the enemy meant for your bad, God has worked it out for your good. Your and good. so Come although down. you experienced what you experienced, and Takora, you had these daddy issues, I love the fact that it worked out for your good, Takora, to make you this beautiful mm -hmm. young woman today, and you mm -hmm. able to talk about your emotions, you able to identify what you're feeling. A lot of people don't even know what they're feeling. So all throughout mm -hmm. the book, you will pause and give your emotion how you was feeling at that time and so mm -hmm. i love that god used this you know the lord used this for his glory and then you have a father now the relationship and the bond that you had because he also needed that healing you know mm -hmm. he experienced so much as a child and that i can i mean i can even talk about it i know things that he probably didn't even think i know that we experience and he experienced so for him to just be open and vulnerable to talk about how he feel and even shedding a tear that's that's a whole nother level you know for him and so i see your strength cousin i just want to tell you that i see your growth you know uh marshawn because i just know what you've been through and to sit mm. here and actually can tell your emotion a lot of people don't can't even tell that pain can even you know have language to what they're feeling but you do as a man mm -hmm. and so that's honorable so i just want to give you that and give you your roses right now and so um yeah love you cousin mm, mm -hmm. all right now you're gonna make me cry i'm trying to hold yeah, it in me too. <laughs> my eyelashes gonna it. get the popping you know got these eyelashes on listen now can you stop <sighs> you know i put on some makeup i don't want my mascara to run and you looking now. good he already said look you got a little makeup you know he comes it was really a comment when people thought i'm like oh you got your little makeup you got your hair done that's really a comment he was really yeah you know, give me your look comment you know but um yeah so let, let let's move on because i'm i'm i'm, I'm thank feeling you it. though thank you for sharing that with us though yeah for real yeah that I was appreciate good. That. yeah i yeah. appreciate that i'm um, doing a good job only if y'all knew what what <laughs> only if y'all knew um the yeah. story so we're gonna bring cuz cuz we're gonna bring you back on here for that we're gonna really go deep into your story but we're, we're yeah. trying to focus on toko right now right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. and so yeah. um reading uh toko book really had me one minute fuming 
one next minute laughing, then crying, then clutching my pearls. Cause like I said earlier, it was TMI, TMI. I didn't want to go into, I didn't want to, you know, read all of that. Okay. I didn't want to go into that bedroom with you now, but, (laughs) but however, um, did you all know about all the abuse, the drugs, the sex, all the stuff that was going on um, back then? And Keisha, yeah. you said yes. So, evidently, she was speaking to you about most of this. Um, how did you know about this and, and, and what was going on in your mind? As a mom, you can see things, right? Um, and so I, I, I would see things in our conversation when we would talk. Um, and I would just try to be as supportive as I could. Like the day um, when she when she got pregnant, I knew that she was pregnant. Uh, actually, her her sister DJ came to see her in China, and I and they took a picture in the airport, and I was like, oh my god, I think she's pregnant. You know, I just saw that pregnant look on her, mm. but I didn't say anything then because I wanted her to confirm it. You know, um, but then also. Uh, I didn't know in detail of the abuse. I didn't. I didn't have to know that to know that she was being abused verbally and physically. Um, to what extent, I did not know because she she's very private. Uh, mm. Takora likes to handle things on her own um, and everything. But again, as a mom, I knew my intuition kicked in. Like okay, and I would just try to give her the best advice that I can give her, um, knowing that she was so far away. You know, and I and I couldn't get to her um, like the day I, I would tell her months before when um, she was thinking about leaving. I was like, mm. OK, you just have to pack your bag and hide it somewhere because that day will come, you know, mm. and she did. Um, um, I would tell her, just wait till he leaves, you know, what I mean, and then make your move. You're going to have mm. to make your move. Yeah. Um, but I also told her to uh, before. Uh, she was pregnant with uh, with Hope, and uh, they were going to get married. He wanted to marry her, and all of my family was dead set against her marrying him. But for me, this was a thing like, okay, my grandson is not going to be a bastard, mm. okay? And not only that, you are going to make this right for him, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and tie this and, and break those curses. Mm. Or those chains and bonds, you know what I mean? Make a difference. So I encouraged her to go ahead and get married to him, even though I knew of the abuse and everything. Um, and and everybody say I was wrong for that, but it was a way for hope to be tied to his origin of his father. Mm-hmm. Not just, and, and I know you're looking at me crazy, Marshawn, Daddy. No. <laughs> Like, yeah, he looked at me kind of crazy. Uh, let's come back to God. Gotta, gotta, let's come back let's to God. The logic of what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> because to me, that was a way to break those bonds or mm-hmm. our, our uh, generational curses mm-hmm. on our children, okay? So it wasn't it wasn't to for her to stay in an abusive relationship. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't mm-hmm. at all trying to. Uh, yeah make that but i was also trying to just tie him to his his origin to his to his people mm-hmm. for her for for his sake he does you have know dual citizenship and, and he mm-hmm. does have dual citizenship because of this but it was bigger than it was bigger than yeah. just that it was bigger than just mm-hmm. uh what she was going through 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about generational and we're talking about uh, bloodlines and we're talking yeah. about understanding who we are and where we come from. So mm-hmm. to me, that was an acknowledgement of that for him, mm-hmm. for for my grandson. You know, Marshawn, so, I know you was looking like what? What? What do you have to say on this? Um, what um, Takesha just said? I didn't know probably any of it. None sure. of what's going on. And I can truly say this is the first time that I can say this about, you know, the family, you know, your side of the family that I hate, that I didn't know. I didn't find out she came home. I didn't know till she went back that what was going on. Mm-hmm. No, ain't no going back. Mm. You know, just, yeah. just because what I witnessed. Mm. Yeah. And for you to say, I mean, I understand to break the, the chain, but we have to break the chain from her, you know? Mm. And I say this, I was raised a single mom. She can do the same thing without getting hands put on. Mm. Or mentally, physically abused. Mm-hmm. So I, I disagree on that point, but I still respect your I respect that, mm. but I did yeah. not know mm. none of this was going on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I just hate. I didn't. They didn't tell me to after she left what was going on. Wow. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that part. Mm. So when Do- I heard it, when I saw everything, it was like it was. I don't know. So when I left too, I didn't left leave to go back to China. When I came back. After the first right. time it happened, I came back for two weeks to St. Louis. Yeah, it was to St. Louis, and I was like, it was, I was depressed out of my mind. Um, so I had a friend that lived in Japan that said, "Hey, come here. You can stay here, like regroup. You can whatever." It was like a town next to the. Um, so when you ocean. came back to St. Louis, when you actually broke away, you yeah, went back time. to Japan. Yeah, I didn't go back to, even when I went back, because um, I stayed in Japan for a month. Mm-hmm. Even when I went back, I ended up getting a job again uh, from one of the places that I performed. They asked me to come back in China, so I went back to China for a whole nine months. I didn't even, I dated mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. Would, like, yeah. I, even when I went back to China, I didn't go back to him. You didn't go back so, to him. Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen until that stuff replays. I seen him like I had been far away from him when trying to go okay. back to him. I had didn't, thought I healed, you know, um, and was starting over again. Yeah. So when I came came when I went back, my family was let me go. My mom and it was okay with me going back because I wasn't even going back to China. Okay, I was going, yeah. to, was going Japan. to Japan. Yeah. Okay. So Takora. What would you say to your 19 year old self? Because oftentimes when um, people go through such trauma, right? Um, There's a part of themselves where they was like, man, I wish I would have did this or said this or, you know, what would you because this audience out here that's listening to this, they're experiencing this. And so they're learning from this. They're being ministered to listening to how you came out because some people don't have the story, as we said earlier. Some people did not make it out. What would you say to your 19 year old self? So it's two parts to it. Um, And I talked to my mom about this earlier. 
standing where I stand now, one part of me would not change a thing. Mm. Because the simple fact that I get to minister to somebody that this yeah. was not a this is not a light that gets shined mm. a lot. And this is something that happens so common. Domestic mm. violence for men yes. and women. And for it not to have a light, for it not to have a healed light to where the women are coming out wanting to be whole again. The men mm. are coming out wanting to love again. And it doesn't it doesn't allow the enemy to win so the fact that i get to come out and it, this glory goes to god i wouldn't change it yes yeah, somewhere in there i would have told myself girl leave stay mm-hmm. away but i wouldn't know what that looked like unless i went through it mm. because nobody knows not how everybody says that why you ain't just leave why you ain't just put some in his food and you know, or do something crazy. Hit them yeah. with a box of, uh, you know, I people don't know, tell you that hot grits. You know, and it's so it seems so easy. And I always said this, and I said this in my book. The things because I grew up with experiencing from family members of domestic violence. I've seen it, mm-hmm. and they didn't make sense to me. I had that same questions and the simple questions. Mm. But anytime you experience emotion, it's uh, overly when you overly experience an emotion of love of lust or whatever emotion it is, it never becomes black and white. It never is black and white. So when I actually Mm -hmm. life had a funny way of the thing that I didn't understand, allowing me to understand. Mm -hmm. And it was one in my mind as a child that puzzled me the most. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's it's, it's that thing that's like, I wouldn't change nothing. Mm -hmm. Because I now get to talk to somebody and hold the space for somebody that is in it, you know, Mm. or not hold the space. Because I also tell people, when you're ready, you're ready. And I can talk to you until you blew. People talk to me. I went back. I left about 20 times. I dated somebody else that wanted me to marry them and was another wealthy man that was just a a God-fearing man that, you know, would have probably been perfect on, you know. But Mm -hmm. when I was ready, I was ready. You was ready. And anybody else, when you're ready, you're ready. You'll take the dive. Anybody that is in that situation, honor your silence. That's going to be the biggest thing that I can give anything. Because mm. in the silence, you know mm. what you need. And yeah. you are going to let you know when it's time. God is yeah. going to let you know. He's going to minister you. Yeah. Minister to you in those silent moments. That so, yeah, so I wouldn't wise. really change. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. That was so wise. That was a wise response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Marshawn, um, what would you say to your 16-year-old self that had a child at an early age experience life on a whole nother level? Mm, What would I say if I was 16? I would say um, still be me, still be who I am. I mean, I was put here for a reason. And one of that reason is she got what she got. She learned from what I went through. So if I say anything that I tell this 16 year old, just try to balance it, you know, being 16 with a child, you know, trying to play ball, being a star, you know, now I will look at it differently like, you know, way. Mm. be that both father, and son, or father and one, son, be, be their father and, you know, be there for her, you know, 
just just be happy and don't have mm-hmm. and, and I would say this and I would say that and don't hold don't hold that grudge because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. ate me alive that Ooh. ate me that ate me yeah and and that's one thing that I was gonna say you were you always been a, a grudge holder I'm gonna tell you even when we was younger you know. <laughs> He would save his his snacks to eat last so he can look at us. <laughs> he did. Oh, We're going to talk about it on the, the new All in the Family with all the cousins. Right, right, This right. guy would hold, wait till everybody else eat this snack, and then he eating it. We looking like, let us have some. Nope. Like, why did you say why you just didn't eat with us? But, no, but he was very petty. <laughs> but I must say, yes, don't hold grudge because we have to learn to forgive and that stuff eat us up. That's why a lot of people sickness, they body, they have heart attacks and cancer. It's just eating them up because what we don't know, there's a spiritual aspect to illness. And so when you're unforgiving, that began to eat you up. You become bitter. You become aggressive towards situations you become hidden in your emotions you have to release it and you have to let it go because god said how you expect me forgive you if you don't forgive your brethren if you don't forgive the people that have harmed you or treated you wrong because every day we sin against god okay we so would god hold that grudge no he would literally let it go he would forgive us and he do all day we we are jacked up mess don't you see this shirt i'm ugly without jesus y'all go get it (laughs) okay i I am ugly without jesus go get this shirt okay okay i see the the jesus go get that jesus okay because (laughs) we (laughs) we are ugly without him okay and so god just want to let us know like let it go you know let it go it's not even worth it because that person gonna be feeling fine on the other side and you're gonna be a jacked up mess okay Mm -hmm. and so because they ain't thinking about you you thinking about them they ain't thinking about you and so um um keisha what would you say to your 16 year old self yeah i um like takora said we kind of spoke about this uh a little earlier and um i had to take a dive Mm -hmm. right when um when I read the question, I said, wow, because when I go back to my 16-year-old self, of course, I have to replay all of these experiences, right? I have to open up all of these files mm. of, 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 of what I went through, right? Mm. So my knees buckled mm. and my eyes watered, right? And my heart got heavy, right? Mm. So, but I would tell her, that you're more than enough. You're capable and able Mm. to have all things Mm. and more abundantly if you just stay focused. Mm. Stay focused. Mm. I cried. I I had an eye going to tell you, you I I, I had a whole day of just like, (laughs) ooh, I had to, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. So, Takora, tell us what God was speaking to you during this time. What do you believe God is saying? And kind of minister to um, the younger millennials, okay, according to what you have went through, and kind of minister a little bit to them. Um, So, I think in this, One thing I learned um, and one thing that I took away from my whole experience is just how powerful silence is. 
and just how um, powerful the present is. And I think because our world is going to keep speeding up and more technology and more yeah. things are going to be grasping for the space our in our life, yeah. and our mm-hmm. attention, our eyes, our ears, our minds. Um, the only way, and since before time, when they would go up to the top of the um, mountain to get silent, to hear from God, that's still a space that we have to honor no matter mm. what. And I think my generation and generations after that are missing that. Mm. So the biggest thing I would say, no matter what, how far God is going to take you and the blessings, of course, we're going to all. Yes, that mm-hmm. is all. But the silence, because I think there's still something so new he wants to do mm-hmm. in us and through us that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. Come but on. You, he can only Come honor on that in that silence, in those, because it's with every being a copycat right now and everything just kind of looking the same. There's nothing new. There's mm-hmm. nothing fresh. And I believe God is wanting to do something fresh, like um, the the people that he wants to bring together, like mm-hmm. the the connections, the spaces, mm-hmm. the yes, we've seen people go to space, but you know, just really to really blow our minds. And the yeah. only way he can really do that and blow our minds and really allow this to be a new generation and there be new like new problems, new mm-hmm. you know, new things. Yeah. Like that silence is gonna have to be yeah. honored. Yeah. So the type of artist he wants in every industry. He wants yeah. his people there. And I think if we honor our silence, yeah. it's going to. So that's the biggest thing, even in uh, your whatever you're going through, that's still mm-hmm. going to be what you need to honor. Yeah. Even if you're in a good space to go from glory to glory, I think yeah. to go, from, you know, wherever, just to mm-hmm. just to be truly Present what God wants to do in yeah. this earth, like it's just that silence. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be so powerful yeah. and it's an honor in that, in that present moment. Yeah. So it's yeah. funny that you say that because at church, um, um, on Sunday, um, one of the, uh, minister of music, one thing that she said, she said, just stand still, just be yeah. quiet. Just, yeah. just be silent and hear yeah. God. Cause God be wanting to speak. And sometimes he just want us to stand still and see the salvation yeah. of the Lord. Don't move, yeah. you know, silence, just, just hear God. Sometimes we just too busy and yeah. that's the function of this world. And like you said, the generation you're in the generation afterwards is just so busy all the technology, yeah. all the things. It's this one song by Jonathan Reynolds, my husband put me on, mm-hmm. Make Room. You guys I go hear it. it. That song just, oh my God, yes. it's called Make Room. And it's like, I don't want, listen, I don't want to pick up my phone, make no social room. media. Yes. Let me make room for you guys, you know? Yes. Because sometimes we can be so busy, we don't want to sit still and hear yeah. God. We just too busy. Come on, sit down, yeah. Martha. Won't you get like yeah. Mary and sit <laughs> at God's seat, sit okay? Sit down, Martha, you're too busy. It's several seats. <laughs> Several, actually several stadium seats, you know, more than just one seat. Take the whole stadium, Pepsi Center, wherever you at, Staples, just sit down in all of them. (laughs) And so this was so good, guys. I am so happy to have my family. I love the All in the Family segments because my people, my friends of the show get to see my family. You get to meet my family and see where we came from. And then also, you know, I got some family that know Jesus, okay? We ain't all crazy, you know, we got a lot that's crazy. 
crazy, but we ain't all crazy. And so I love, I love, love, love All in the Family. We actually, you guys gonna see more and more shine because he's gonna be back on. We're gonna have an All in the Family. It was his idea too. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have an All in the Family segment with all the cousins, mm. and we're just gonna talk about different things. We're gonna be transparent and real, just like this show. You seen how crazy they is? You did you? Yeah, y'all yeah, see? <laughs> no, but good crazy. You know, I love my family, and thank you guys so much for trusting me to Toko to tell your story on my show this book guys go get it it is really a powerful book tons of pages look, i gotta turn around look i'm <laughs> but tons of pages it's full okay and so she got it in a cute box it was wrapped it was so pretty and so i'm so proud of you toko let them know how they can reach you we're gonna have all this information in in the description but let them know how they can reach you yes, what's your social so media handles Social media on Instagram and Facebook. I am Toko Watson, T O K O W A T S O N, um, and that's that's usually where I spend the most time. Um, um, email Toko T M I Toko T T M I at Gmail dot com. Um, once you get the book, email me, write it, share your opinion, your your observation, whatever it is, because that book is also going to be a second edition. That's going to come out this year that is going to kind of pull in people's reactions and just responses. And then there's there was more I wanted to add to that book. But God told me that was it because I had to trust the process and he wanted me mm. to honor the next level, the next level and pull in different things. So, yeah, that book will be a second edition and hopefully maybe wow. one of your opinions or wow. insights will be in the book. So, yeah. Wow. Listen, I am so excited uh, for what God is going to do in your life, Toko. Listen, God have, I'm telling you, God is going to make you reach levels that you can't even understand. Okay. There's a depth to you and God is going to allow you to reach the nation. Some people is called into the four walls, but it's a lot of people calling to the marketplace. So God is really going to use you for this generation to really snatch them out the fire. And so get ready. I'm so excited about your journey. I know I'm going to be a part. We have more to talk about, yeah. but we're going to talk. <laughs> There's so many things that God is doing in your life. I bless God for your parents, Marshawn, and Keisha I thank God for y'all I cannot wait until the new all in the family and so listen Togo if you have anything left to say go ahead and say it. we're gonna end for tonight um I love y'all <laughs> I love y'all ain't she yeah. funny what you, yeah. anything you wanna say Marshawn before we end for tonight uh, I love my baby I love my firstborn Love her. Yeah. And, yeah. And I and I say this. I'm gonna say this. I I give her mother a lot of love in a sense of what she done, what she mm. did. Yeah. What I went through. So I would I always tell her that, but you know, so everybody know I give her. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Oh, big ups. Yeah. Yeah, we honor each other, you know what I mean, for who we are and what we do. Um, no matter what we've been through, we have to allow each other to just to be able to grow. You know what yeah. I mean? Just allow yeah. that growth. Allow that time. I, I know that time heals all things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and so I am just thankful to you, Brandy, and I thank God for you for having this space and this platform yeah. for us to talk about the truth. 
mm. for us to get it out, uh, for you to be so open and transparent yeah. and uh, <laughs> have us on. So thank you. I yeah. appreciate you. I've mm. always loved you and been fond of you. I from know. The beginning, since yeah. day one, day one, you've been my heart. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, that's yeah, facts. So that's thank facts. you. Thank you. Actually, I thank God for you. Brandy, you, now that I think about it, and I think I said this to you. When I first came back, you reached out to me and you mm -hmm. said something to me before I was even writing a book. I was just journaling. You told me that I could come up there and if I wanted to in Colorado, I could come stay and I could write my book. I wasn't thinking about a book per se, but you said if I wanted to come there, I could wow. and I could write and I could stay there for a while and I could write my book. And wow. it dawned on me and then just little pieces that I think about, like even my friend, I had to reach out to her and she was like, your life sound like a book. Like it just sound like a book before I even was like, I'm gonna write a book per se. I was just journaling. Mm. But yeah. I remember yeah, you said that. I remember. And I actually, I think it's in a Facebook post. I think it's yeah. in a instant. We're going to have to look at that. Look yes. At come on, God. Won't he do it? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Now I need, now I need 10%. Okay. I need yeah. finders feet. Okay. Now I just, I need, can I get some editing okay but yeah this is so powerful thank you guys so much for coming on the show Woo! so listen <laughs> yeah i'm sitting back here crying i'm like oh my gosh let me fix my makeup let me fix my eyelashes thank you thank you thank you marshawn toko takisha you guys really really like set off season four okay you laid the foundation of season four this is how it's gonna be this season we're not holding anything back we're gonna be transparent we want to really really dig in deep but you i don't like that surface mess okay this is why this show is called the spoken truth okay we want to talk the truth we want to be real and honest and transparent so you guys set the tone thank you cousin and let me just say this i'm so proud of Toko. She came on here just letting it all out. Guys, this book, I'm, I'm not even done reading it, but this book, gosh, everybody needs to order this and support this young lady. Being 27, experience what she experienced at the age 19 and now have a story and love Jesus, okay? And she really loved God. I, I sat and talked with her for a minute and you know, we really have this certain bond that I really appreciate. She's my second cousin. Marshawn is my first cousin. I grew up with him. So she just like my niece because I really thought my cousins was my sisters and brothers. It was kind of weird because <laughs> all of us lived in the same house. OK, grandma was like granny. We call her granny G mama. Grandma, she was like that it factor for us. She was that strength of the family. And so to see him and his daughter and the bond that they have they are best friends okay if Takora do not call him he calls her like you acting funny you know and so they have a really good relationship and he only have two children and he have this great relationship with his children and what he experienced growing up not having a father to see him now is a blessing and then he also gave shout out to his child's mother, Keisha, which we grew up with her. We know her. She always been a beautiful spirit. What you see is what 
you get with her. I had to edit a lot of things if you can see on the show because you know you just can't bring your family members on the show because they even drop a couple of cuss words. I'm like, really, this is a Christian show. How many times I got to tell y'all this? But anyway, but it was real and it was raw and the emotions was flaring. So it's a lot of things I had to edit. So maybe I do a bloopers um, and have my editor to edit the, the words, okay? I mean, jeesh goodness and then he's talking about he want another segment of all in the family and be on there no he did an excellent job i love you cousin i thank god for you i see your growth i see what god is doing in you and listen he have a degree in marketing we having him to come back and do some stuff for us do some stuff for takora you know what i'm saying we, he, we need to get him back in business okay and so he's so intelligent so smart so bright and i saw god just do something like a total 180 in his life there was a shift and so we have he's not a social media guy so i can't even tell you where you know toko get your daddy's a social media account okay but he's so i mean he's he's really really smart and intelligent and and to see him open up and cry and be emotional that's another level and so I love you so much, cousin. I can't wait to see what God do. He's going to help me produce the other all in the family with all the crazy cousins, even the one that said she loved all the scriptures, didn't have a scripture on the show. And then the one that was singing Down Down Baby, you know, Natalie, like, okay, I'm like, really, really? And so we're going to have them back on the show so we can kind of tell you a little bit about uh, our family individually in our family, what we experience and to really minister to people, you know, because so many people feel like they the only ones. No, you're not the only one. Everyone have a crazy family. Everyone deal with father wounds, daddy wounds. Everyone experienced a crack cocaine epidemic where they did not have a mother. They grew up with their father. And then I, we want to show you guys how all of that we went through our family actually now stronger than ever. I'm like this with my mom. I talk to her, if not twice a day, every day, you know, our, our, the sisters, they really close to brothers. These are, you know, the brother kids, the sister kids, we really, really close family, but we went through a lot to get here and a lot of forgiveness. And so I want to speak forgiveness. Okay. Forgive those, what, whoever you feel like hurt you, wounded you. Maybe you went through abuse. Maybe you went through sexual abuse. Maybe you, whatever you went through, you have to let it go and forgive them. Give them to God. God would take care of him, as you see in Toko's um, story. God took care of her enemies. You know what I'm saying? Not to call him enemy per se, but he was an enemy then with what he was doing to her. Okay? So whatever your enemy is, call it out and say, you know what? I'm letting you go. Bye. Bye, sir. Bye, ma'am. Bye, devil. You know, you cannot let them have a grip and a hold on you like that. It eats you up. Do you understand? It's a spirit. And it will eat you up and you'll be dead somewhere and your enemy still living. So you got to let them go. So I just thank God for them. So listen, I see all my family out there. I love y'all so much. My niece, Lachey, y'all, she's in the building. Alicia, Jenny is in the building. Jenny, watch, she watch all the shows. She may not catch them live, but she was able to catch this one live. I saw all my family members. Thank you so much, my Auntie Angie. Thank y'all so much for joining Natalie. I mean, she was in the chat. She was making sure y'all go by. I'm ugly without Jesus, the apparel. I love Natalie. She's a super friend. And Lisa, she's a super friend. So thank you guys so much for joining on tonight. So I got one more. We do on All in the Family. If you've seen all the segments, I have the links in the chat. If you did not see all the All in the Families, go look them up because we have fun on the show. But what I do want to say to you is that even though like, the this is a tearful moment and you know we i know a lot of y'all probably felt like me like oh my goodness but i want you guys to know like to toko have joy now she's in a space that she 
I mean, never been in in her life, but she suffered abuse. And so it's many of y'all that experience abuse. And I'm going to go back to one more bonus video, but many of you guys probably suffer from abuse. And so I want to make sure of you out there though, if you're experiencing, or you know, someone, I want to make sure I give you a resource and I have resources also in the description, but if you are experiencing any abuse, listen, contact 1-800-799-SAFE. Okay. And go to hotline.org. I mean, this is a site where you can call, you can do chat messages, you can reach out to them and they will provide help. Okay. And if you're going through something, inbox me, inbox Toko, inbox anybody, you need help. You can't do it alone. Okay. And, uh, and often times we don't know what abuse look like. Like Toko said, it was cool. It was good in the beginning. And then next thing you know, the hitting. Okay. And so, and oftentimes we don't know what that look like. If a person is jealous, telling you uh, that you never do anything right, showing extreme jealousy, your friends or time spent away from them, they very extremely jealous because they don't like that. They want to push you away from your family. They're preventing or discouraging you from spending time with family and friends, insulting, demeaning you, shaming you, especially in front of people. And sometimes they can have that that, that mask up in front of people that are very nice, but behind closed doors, they beating on you or whatever the case may be, controlling finances, preventing you from making your own decisions, hiding laptops as Toko experienced. He was hiding, you know, all of her uh, gadgets and things of that nature. Listen, that is abuse. And go to hotline.org. It actually say a lot more about abuse and ways that you would know that you're in an abusive relationship, okay? And so listen, go check that out. If you need any help, listen, contact a friend, reach out to somebody, you know, go to this hotline.org, contact them. Okay. You need to get away. But like she said, sometimes it's at your time and some people don't want to do it. So if you're a family member, pray for them. Okay. And when they come to you, love on them. And when they ready, Hey, listen, me, myself and I, I'm packing bags. I'm sending tickets. I'm like, you finna get up out of this. You know, so you need somebody that will love on you, not judge you, but also be there for you and pray for you. And so if you're experiencing that, please contact them. So I have one more video. It's very short. It's a two minute clip. We play this game called you're not from St. Louis. If what? Okay. And so we did this on the show. So I want to show this two, two or three minute clip and hear the responses. Okay. So let me just go ahead and show this clip. It's so funny. And guys, we'll be right back and then we're going good night, okay? Okay, quick question. We cannot forget this. I had to add this in. Marshawn, starting with you. You are not from St. Louis if you don't know what. Marshawn. <laughs> For real. For no. real. So, hey, so you from you know, St. Louis if you don't know him. Oh, okay. Okay. I cannot. See what I'm saying? This is our good fa family fun game, okay? And we always got that one, okay? Like y'all saw Shay on first episode, that one, okay? Anyway, I guess that's his answer. Emos. Emos. Okay, okay. Saints. Saints. You don't know Saints. Saints. Nobody said that. Nobody said that ever. Thank you. Saints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't know Saints. All right, right, Takora, you're not from St. Louis if you don't know what. Um, I said earlier, Crown's Candy. Yeah. Yes. Crown's Candy. Everybody, you, know you ain't from St. Louis, you ain't gonna know that. 
You ain't gonna do yeah. it like that. Crown's candy. candy. They the make their own ice cream. Ooh. Do they make their own chocolate too? Yep, yeah, chocolate candy. Yeah. Right yeah. Fitz's. No, I don't know if Fitz's got it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's on. It's on. It's on Fourteenth and uh, St. Louis Avenue. That's it. Yes, yeah. Fourteenth and St. Louis Avenue. All right, yeah, all yeah. right. That's a good one, Takara. Keisha, mm -hmm. you not from St. Louis if you don't know what. If you don't know Forest Park. Forest if you don't know yeah. Forest Park, I mean Bunker yeah. Hill, Arch Hill. You know, we used to yeah. slide down those hills yeah. in the winter time. You know what I mean? If you don't know the Bunker <laughs> Hill, you don't, you don't know St. Louis. And if you don't, I mean. What else? What else? Oh, foreground park. Do anybody you know, do the Mayday Parade? The Mayday Parade. That is the second largest black, but it's also the second black largest parade in the world. Yes, it used it to be. It, it used to be. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah. They shortened it yeah. up, put minute. it downtown. But wait a minute. You're not from St. Louis if you don't know the riverfront when we used to hang out the riverfront i was gonna say that too the riverfront that's a good one yeah oh, ain't that a good one we used to hang out and you remember you put you bring your yeah, brr, 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 brr. yeah. You the the yeah. Brr, you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. Brr, brr, brr. and then you find your little parking space in the cut yeah and everybody yeah. hang out down there Come on, the riverfront. Y'all know about yeah, that? Yeah, Listen, last episode we had a cousin that talked about you not from St. Louis if you don't know about Hall Street. Y'all, I know she was talking about the workhouse. No! No! No, not the workhouse. We said Hall Street. You ain't from St. Louis if you don't know about Hall Street, I guess. You don't know about East St. Louis. You ain't from St. Louis. Yeah, if you don't, yeah. East St. Louis. East St. Louis. Yeah. So, guys, that's all for tonight. Thank you so much for joining the Spoken Truth Talk Show. I love my family. But, guys, listen, next week we have another powerful show. Go check us out next week, the same time, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 8 p.m. Central and 9 p.m. Five Central Standard, folks, guys. We have Girlfriend Talk next week. It's going to be so powerful. It's going to be so awesome. Actually, Natalie will be there. And also, we have another fave that everyone loves. Sierra will be on Girlfriend Talk with your girl. And we're going to be very transparent. We have the lines open. You can call in and get in on the Girlfriend Talk. We're going to talk about some deep stuff. We're really going to do some girl friend talk okay so see y'all next week thank you so much for joining don't forget go to the spoken truth apparel.com i have it in the description box and go ahead and purchase one of these shirts what you waiting on go ahead and purchase and listen like and subscribe like this video it actually pulls up the algorithm and it allows us to be seen with many many people across the globe so go ahead and like this now and also share and subscribe to youtube and like the youtube page as well Thank you guys so much for joining. Listen, see y'all next week. I cannot wait for you guys to see what we have in store for season four. See you guys later. So how are you sending this energy? Through a telegram? I mean, what you doing with this energy? What you saying you gonna send me? I don't want that energy. <sighs> y'all, I mm -hmm. stay out of our stuff. <laughs> Uh, that's, I'm pretty sure Corey was pointing at you. I'm pretty sure we all on work. Yeah. And Vinny was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> there are dangers if we don't honor the word of God.